Welcome to the long and short of the week ahead, a production of Horizon SLJ Capital that takes a look at the macroeconomic themes of the week ahead and has been recorded for professional investors. My name is Matt Jones, Head of Distribution for Horizon SLJ Capital, and I'm joined today by Neil Staines, Senior Portfolio Manager. Welcome back, Neil. It's great to have you here with us again. Thanks very much, Matt. It's great to be here. So there's a lot to get through, I think, uh, as we look at the week ahead. We have, obviously, in the UK, aside from a, a red weather warning for next week, um, things are heating up in the uh, in the political uh, arena as the Tory leadership race uh, continues. We have a raft of data and then also central bank action. So perhaps you can share your thoughts as you look into the week ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Uh, you know, we continue to be in a very complex macroeconomic backdrop uh, as the energy shock, uh, geopolitical and domestic political factors uh, leave the inflation versus growth debate very unstable, uh, both intra-region and intertemporarily at the moment. Uh, and by extension, this leaves policy response uh, uncertainty very high. Now, starting this week with the UK, uh, which is a perfect example of this broad uncertainty, uh, we have a leadership election for the Conservative Party, uh, effectively uh, a prime minister contest. Uh, now, following a televised debate between the remaining five candidates, uh, that's Sunak, Mordaunt, Truss, Badenoch and Tugendhat, the ballots continue next week, where ultimately uh, we will reach uh, a final two uh, before the winner is ultimately decided by the party membership. Uh, now, that's broadly 160,000 members uh, with potentially very different views uh, to the 358 MPs uh, as to who is best suited to leading the country for the next two years. Uh, so that will finally be announced uh, on the 5th of September. Now, from a data perspective, uh, it's also an important week for the UK uh, with the unemployment report. Uh, that should bring us uh, for May. Uh, the unemployment rate is expected to remain around 3.8%. Uh, now, X outside of March uh, this year, uh, that's the lowest level since the early 70s. So we expect that on Monday, still strong uh, labour markets. I think that's an important underlying factor. Uh, the CPI reading for June on Wednesday, uh, we expected that to tick up to 9.3% and continue to give the Bank of England a headache, though core measure is likely to uh, tick down uh, to 5.8%. Then on Friday, uh, we get the retail sales numbers for June uh, and a further downtick in what is already uh, a weak backdrop for retail sales is expected there. Now, putting this all together, the backdrop continues to be a difficult one to decipher uh, and even more difficult to extrapolate uh, for the Bank of England. Uh, monthly GDP data uh, that were out this week showed improvement, um, even more so uh, if you strip out the NHS test and trace uh, activity from the underlying GDP data. I think that's an important point to consider. Uh, and alongside a chorus of tax-cutting rhetoric from Tory party hopefuls, uh, this likely tightens the reaction function of the Bank of England. Although with markets pricing 175 basis points of tightening for the remainder of this year, uh, they may have a hard time uh, keeping up. Either way, the data is essential viewing for the UK this week. Next week also sees a global flash PMI data for July. Uh, now, against the current deteriorating sentiment towards global growth, uh, these releases will be watched closely. Uh, faced with a double whammy uh, of higher energy prices and tighter monetary policy in response to broad inflation, the high-frequency activity data will be a useful guide to the impact on expected aggregate demand in the global economy. Now, moreover, markets will have a keen eye on not just the broad direction, but on regional differentials. Markets will likely pay particular attention to Europe and emerging markets, where the implications of the macro and policy backdrop are likely most acute. 
And then lastly, central banks are back at centre stage next week. Thursday, uh, we get both the Bank of Japan and the ECB. Uh, the Bank of Japan will be very closely watched uh, for any signs of a relaxation uh, or curtailment of their yield curve control policy. Uh, the current anchoring of long-term yields at close to zero has driven a weaker currency as successive U.S. hawkish pivots widen rate differentials. Now, increasing political concerns over rising prices and Bank of Japan concern over a weaker yen, uh, or at least uh, the pace of weakness, uh, raised the prospect of bodge normalization uh, over coming meetings. Now, the market implications of which would be very significant. But ultimately, the big event of next week is likely the ECB. Now, against the backdrop of, acutely un- of acute uncertainty uh, over Russian gas supplies, uh, taps are expected or even uh, hoped uh, to be turned back on uh, after the scheduled maintenance period uh, the day after the ECB's important decision. There is also raised uncertainty over Italian politics uh, amid a lack of clarity over the ECB's transmission mechanism uh, and simultaneously heightened inflation concerns and global growth fears. Uh, this puts the ECB uh, uh, in a difficult position as they're expected to raise 25 basis points. In fact, markets are pricing a little bit more than that. Uh, this will be the first rate hike from the ECB since Jean-Claude Trichet in 2011, uh, who uh, enacted two 25 basis point rate hikes that were quickly uh, reversed. Uh, further news on the transmission tool will, uh, will also be very closely watched, uh, especially uh, in relation to the fiscal rules uh, that will be uh, attached to such a program. So with the euro around parity with the dollar, adding imported goods inflation to the complexity of the inflation backdrop, uh, it's clearly a very difficult backdrop for policymakers. And that in itself likely makes the ECB more of a focus this week. We will certainly be paying close attention. Thank you, Neil. I think there's certainly something there for everybody next week. In the meantime, we have the weekend. So what are you going to have your eye on? Absolutely. Plenty to look out for this week, Matthew. I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, what I would say uh, is that perhaps you can uh, trade in the sunscreen this weekend for an extra TV screen. Uh, There's so much going on. Uh, On Friday night, we kick off with uh, the Lionesses in action against uh, Northern Ireland. uh, And that closes the group stages throughout the weekend ahead of the quarterfinals next Wednesday to Saturday. Uh, we get the decider uh, in the test matches, in the rugby union test matches, uh, England versus Australia, Ireland versus New Zealand and Wales, South Africa. All should be big hitting, fabulous entertainment. We also get a decider of the three game one day series between England and India from Old Trafford. I'm very much looking forward to that. And amongst all of that, at the same time, we have uh, the the rest of the action from the 150th Open Golf Championships from St Andrews. Some low scoring on day one, but expected to get much tougher into the weekend. Thank you, Neil. A weekend full of deciders and decisions to make as to what to watch. We look forward to catching up with you again next week. Information, data and views were accurate as at the time of recording. The views expressed by presenters are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Horizon SLJ Capital, Horizon Capital or the Intesa San Paolo Group. The information and opinions contained in this recording are for information purposes only and do not purport to be full or complete. The recording is directed at professional investors only and is not intended for and should not be relied upon by other investors. Information in this recording does not constitute an offer to buy, sell or the solicitation of any offer to buy or sell securities and or any derivatives.